Hi, friends. Welcome to Deep Dive, my brand new podcast born from a desire for critical thought, vulnerability, and awareness. I'm your host, Dana Falsetti, a thinker, a writer, a yoga teacher, an activist, an authenticity agent. Each month, you'll hear from me and my guests, ranging from iconic disruptors to everyday people, all candidly sharing our personal experiences on topics ranging from sexuality to social justice and consciousness to capitalism. Deep Dive is a space to tackle hard-hitting questions and controversial topics in a raw, empathetic, and curious way. And it's my space to rant and ramble freely, no holding back. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the pod. I am stoked today. I have a new friend here with me in the studio for a live sesh, Drea. I'm going to yes. call you Drea. Is that yes. cool? Absolutely. I just like yes. it better. <laughs> I prefer Drea. Thank you. Okay, cool. I have Drea here with me. And we're here to talk about sex today. We're here to talk specifically about fat sex and just our journeys, I think, in our bodies and just our relationships with our sexuality and how that expresses itself in our lives. And we met, um, well, just now, but we met online in Cheyenne Gill's online community space for sort of body positivity and self-love and self-care and all of those things. So I'm super excited. And I've heard you comment off and on, you know, on threads. And I just love everything that you share. And you're super transparent about it, which is, we all know how I feel about that. Yes. (laughs) So yeah, so introduce yourself um, to everybody, but to me too. And just tell me a little bit about who you are. So my name is Drea. I'm from New Jersey. I am a regular, regular person. I'm a mom. I'm a grad student. I'm married for all intents and purposes. We haven't gotten there <laughs> legally, but 12 years I'm calling time served. Um, <laughs> I've been a big girl my whole life. I've been very sexually open my whole life. I'm bisexual um, in an ethically non-monogamous relationship. So I feel like I have a lot of kind of points that I like to share with people, particularly those who aren't so comfortable in expressing their sexuality and what it's like as a bigger person to kind of live in your body and um, embrace your sexuality in a society that tells us that we don't deserve that, that we're just vessels for men's pleasure or for reproduction. And I call major bullshit on all of that. Um, And I'm so happy to be here and discuss kind of my points on that. And, you know, hopefully someone somewhere can relate to that and it'll help them kind of embrace their sexuality and come into their own so they can be having the kind of awesome sex that I'm having on a very regular basis. Yes. (laughs) Same. Love it. Yes. I love this. Okay, cool. So I'm just curious. What has like the evolution been like for you? Like, was there a time in your life that you were uncomfortable, that you weren't having the kind of sex that you're having now? And what was it? What was it like then? Absolutely. I mean, even going back um, to childhood, you know, I have a younger sister um, and my parents were, you know, not the best parents, uh, alcoholics, you know, kind of hooked on drugs back then. And my father was very um, not only physically abusive, also sexually abusive, but emotionally abusive and he always pitted me and my sister against each other so I was the smart one and she was the pretty one and definitely at some point he died when I was eight you know I got tired of the whole you're the smart one shit so somewhere like around seventh grade I rebelled completely and I'm not doing this homework and I'm not doing this I'm not fitting into that box um and once I started becoming sexually active definitely still being in a bigger body I was like 12 years old I weighed like 160 I was overly developed too very early I think I was wearing a training bra like eight or nine you know full hips like Mm -hmm. I looked like a grown woman at 12 or 13 and unfortunately in this society we get sexualized for that even though I was a child you know I was still being looked at as a woman I'm still being catcalled I vividly remember being 14 years old getting like a breakfast sandwich before school, standing in line waiting to pay for it. And some guy comes in with his friend and they just start commenting about my body. Just while I'm standing right there. Just openly. Room full of people. No one's saying anything. And, mm-hmm. you know, he says something like along the lines of, oh, she can't take a dick. And I'm just like, I'm 14. Yeah, I can't take a dick. Like, I don't I don't even know what yeah. it looks like, let alone. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and then at some point, I thought, okay, well, if this is how people are going to treat me, then this is how I'm going to act. And this is how I conducted myself in my relationship, trying to be hypersexual, just trying to, I guess, overcompensate for not being the pretty one growing up and not being the traditionally beautiful one growing up. Because, you know, I'm, you know, chunky. I have brown hair, brown eyes. I don't have like the traditional beauty aesthetics. Um, So I guess I started being a little promiscuous in one sense. And I thought it was me 
overcoming those things, but it was really me compensating for those things. Mm -hmm. And at one point when I realized that, I was like, no, I can be sexual in spite of, instead of because of this trauma. Um, And even my first boyfriend, I remember we were together like a year. He's the one I lost my virginity to. And at some point he's like, oh, we would have better sex if you lost weight. And I'm just like, hmm, all right. That didn't last much longer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then my second partner after that was very open and very sexual and just just the, mm-hmm. the nicest guy you could ever meet. And he was actually the one who told me, he's like, you know, don't just lay there and take it for an old man. Learn your body. Learn what you like. And then everything will flow from that. And it's so funny because I have a daughter who's 12. She'll be 13 in October. And we've had the sex talk a few times. And that's actually something I've said to her is in this society, they just want you to either pop out babies or lay there and be, you know, kind of the bucket mm-hmm. for them to whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, you don't do that. Yeah. You learn about yourself, learn that pleasure is not only your right, but it's a rebellion and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And anyone who doesn't believe that you're deserving of that pleasure, not deserving of your company or your time period. Mm-hmm. And if a lot of this stuff goes over my daughter's head, she's like, mom, can I just go back to sure watching but, YouTube, please? This is like too but much. But it matters. <laughs> but it matters. Yeah. And I know it's, it's um, hitting that for sure. And then I started dating women. Mm-hmm. And that opened up a whole nother world of just sensuality and um, being around just kind of that feminine energy, especially between two women where we're not really worried about men and what they think of our bodies and, yeah. you know, their end goal of coming. And then it's over. Like, it's not like that with women. Yep. And that's when I was like, OK, this is sexuality and this is my whole world and realm. But a lot of men didn't like that. As soon as I would, you know, express that I was bisexual, a lot of men ran because they were intimidated by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I met my now husband, who was just all for it. Um, and I taught him a lot about sexuality. But then we also learned a lot together because it wasn't always this mind blowing. And when I say mind blowing, I mean mind blowing four to five times a week <laughs> that we're having now. It wasn't always that in the beginning, yeah. especially after we had children and there's those lulls and, and peaks and stuff. But um, sure. yeah, it's just definitely been a journey of not really listening to what my dad or my ex-boyfriends or what society had to say, but kind of defining sexuality for myself as a woman, a Latina, a bisexual, and a big girl. Yeah, All these things that no one wants me to be, mm-hmm. I'm going to be all of them and I'm going to enjoy the hell out of myself while I do it. Yeah, totally. It's so funny, like, Of course, and I've learned this over the years, every time I feel like I'm alone in my experience, I hear somebody else or I share mine and hear from someone that it's the same. And I talked about this a little bit, I think, in the very first episode, but exactly the same, like everything you're saying about being sexualized from a young age. Like I remember being 12 and looking 18 or 19 and being super curvy and feeling like a kid and being treated like a kid in some ways and being shamed for my body in some ways, but then being hypersexualized by men all the time and quickly falling into that, this is the way I'm going to seek validation for my existence and get right. people to tell me that I'm beautiful and for me to feel worthy as this because that's the only place I was getting attention. Yeah. So I fell into the same pattern that you did where I was seeking out sex not for my pleasure and not from a place of power at all, but very much the opposite of that. And... It's just it's so interesting how easy it is to fall into that and how hard it can be to pull yourself out of that once you've been in it for a while and you start to feel like that's kind of the only way. And then it was interesting to hear you talk about um, that you had one partner who kind of encouraged you. And that resonates with me, too. I feel like, you know, I had one partner a few years ago who was very open sexually, who was poly, who was just in a completely different place than I was who opened my eyes to what it could be like right and with that I started wondering about women and about sharing feminine energy and what it would be like not to have the male gaze like involved in any way and how different that might be so it's just so interesting to hear the the progression that you went through resonates with me very strongly I would love to hear more about when you started being with women yeah and what was different about that for you? Um, and it's been a very, very long time, actually. So I'm, I'm ethically non-monogamous with my husband right now, um, but I've only had male partners. Uh, so I'm definitely like, I miss women. <laughs> it's been really long. Um, I think I was 19, the first woman I dated. I'm 34 now, so it's been like 15 years. Yeah. Um, and she was a little bit older and, and kind of like my, my other partner who was just way more open and way more advanced in his sexual journey. She kind of, you know, guided me into, you know, 
this isn't like when you're with a man. You don't have to worry about how you look and how you smell and like how your vulva looks like those kind of things that were hung up about because definitely I was I had been exposed to porn before that and I'm looking yes. at all these bodies in porn. I'm like, yeah, not I'm give me a break. Like mm-hmm. I'm not that small. My vulva doesn't look like that. My boobs don't hang like that. You know, I'm not making these crazy noises. Like I must be doing something wrong. And she's like, no, that is like that's entertainment. And actually how I started talking to my daughter about sex was she got caught by my mom watching porn at like nine years old. And my mom's like, listen, I'm not touching this. Oh, <laughs> that's her, all you. Yeah. Send her home to me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? So like a great responsible mom, I went and smoked the joint yeah. and then came out and said, all right, <laughs> yes. I'm ready to have this conversation. Because oh my, my husband God. was like, no, this is all you. I'm not taking this. I'm like, all right, yes. fine. Smoked the joint, came back. I was like, all right, please tell me what you saw. And then she kind of explained. She And it's anal. Like, how do you explain anal the first time? I'm like, oh, they did not tell you about this in the baby they books. Since you're going to have to talk about anal. <laughs> <laughs> with oh your daughter gosh. after like i hadn't really done much anal either so i'm like oh my goodness what do i do yeah and this was like three years ago uh, um <laughs> but i i kind of went back to that conversation with my first female partner where she was like that's not real life yeah like you ever seen behind the scenes porn i was like no and she showed me she's like it's starting and stopping and mm-hmm. like they're not even interested in each other and it's not um so she's like so, so don't worry about that here and i was like all right cool and um she just had this just divine energy about her that I finally, I think for the first time, even though she was maybe like my fourth or fifth partner, was able to really let go mm-hmm. and allow myself to feel that love. And I think that was a big revelation for me is I never had felt deserving of love or pleasure because I had you know, been hypersexualized or I'd been downgraded by my dad and my ex-boyfriend. Like, well, I don't deserve this pleasure. So if all I am is a vessel, then let me be a vessel. Mm -hmm. And she didn't make me feel like that. And it was eye-opening. I wonder what she's doing now, actually. I think about her often. I We lost lost touch, definitely. This is before Facebook and stuff, so I couldn't even... Yeah. I could try to find her, but I don't know. Yeah. But um, just being in that feminine energy with someone who had kind of gone through the same motions changed my life forever yeah um just her and i hear it all the time you are deserving of pleasure allow yourself to feel pleasure especially you know she would always emphasize you're a great person you're a beautiful person despite what you look like that energy exudes itself and you should be able to feel that energy back and i took that approach with all of my partners after that and maybe i'm not the most aesthetically pleasing looking person but when you're with me wait i have to interrupt because (laughs) she's literally babe town but continue (laughs) thank you (laughs) you'll see in the photo oh my god (laughs) um but i always felt like you know maybe i'm not your traditional slim flat belly big ass especially you know i'm come from the latina community where we have we're stereotyped as being these fiery and yeah listen i'm fiery but not in the the way you're gonna like it right (laughs) right if you catch this attitude it's not gonna be sexy at Mm -hmm. all (laughs) it's not you're gonna be like oh no i'm scared of her yes um but you know just feeling that energy i and once i embraced that i i brought that with all my other partners is you know not only am i a good person but i'm sensual and i'm freaky and i want to make you feel good and i want to feel good too so i have no problem telling you what i like and what i want in the moment beforehand afterwards i strongly believe in afterplay as well as foreplay yeah like after we're all done and over with i want to sit there and tell you i really liked when you did this yeah and when you were doing that that was great but if you could try it like this next time that'd be great strongly believe in afterplay because i think that's the time that we're most open mm-hmm. to communicating with our partners and what our needs are, especially after we've yeah, you're like in had that quite a few like orgasms. State. Yeah, totally. And it's the perfect <laughs> time to talk about these things. Yeah. And you're not hung up, by, up, hung up about your body. If you are afterwards, I mean, you know, keep practicing, keep doing these things. But um, yeah, I, I strongly believe in divine female energy yeah. and just divine sexual energy. And yeah. Once I embraced that about myself, it, it bled out into other areas of my life. Yeah. Confidence in school and confidence in work and just confidence in just being in this body in society. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care about your gawking or like whatever your problem is. If we're standing too close, listen, you need to back up off me. I take up space. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> if I'm standing in line at the grocery store and we're like crowded, I'm like, okay, give like back up. I know I'm a big girl. I know my ass sticks out, but like yeah. back up off Make me. Like some space. Give me my damn space because mm-hmm. I'm a big girl and I take up space mm-hmm. and I, I like my space yeah. in general. Yeah, no, so, yeah. I, 
I'm just like processing because this. It just, I know. I'm like, it, I go left and right. I, I go know, off topic. No, I know. I love it. This is the same thing I do. I just ramble and my brain goes in a million different directions. But I, I just love it. And I'm thinking about how interesting it is that I also feel I definitely am mostly drawn at least immediately and sexually to men and sort of masculine energy. Yes. But I love and respect feminine energy so much. And it has such a specific women and fe- Really feminine does. energy is so powerful like there's just definitely no denying it's that fluid. it can be soft and sensual yeah. but it could be so aggressive and raw yeah and just just the way it interchanges i mean especially when you're just in a sexual encounter with a woman it ebbs and flows mm. effortlessly mm-hmm. in a way that it doesn't with men in the same way i love men i love just masculine energy you know i, I i'm always drawn to men first yeah but there's a meme that I saw that made me crack up. It's like, I love aggressive men, but if a man tries, tries to tell me what to do, I'll body slam his ass. Yes. And that is the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I love that you're all alpha male, but don't come over here with that bullshit. Yes. <laughs> like, that's cute over there. Don't come over here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and that's yeah. how I feel about it. But yeah. in, in feminine energy just effortlessly flows between sensual and aggressive in a way that men yeah. don't really do that they yeah. kind of stay on un- aggressive and it either gets more aggressive or kind of goes back to that baseline level but it doesn't really get sensual like that yeah unless you get really lucky like me because yeah unless you get some amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just and they're out there they're yeah. out there but i mean gosh between you and i and all other women i've had conversations with they they're certainly few and far between yes and it's just, yeah, it's really interesting to me. And it's also interesting how women and femmes are shamed so strongly for their sexuality and sensuality. And I, I firmly believe at this point that it's because everybody knows how powerful women and femmes are when they Absolutely. know that their sensual and sexual energy is like everything. And it, it can't be disconnected. Like, I make life. Yeah. Like, you make life. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I we're the universe like yes. it's earth it's it's absolutely like that's the most powerful tangible force right. i think that like we can even tap into and i feel like there are just so many women and femmes who are stifled and limited by this like whole patriarchal absolutely. rhetoric and insidious system that exists to just literally keep women and femmes subservient yes. and particularly after you become a mother yeah so i have two two children um and your body changes, obviously. Everything gets stretched and you grow hair in places. They don't tell you that. Yeah. That your feet are going to get bigger and yes. you're going to grow knuckle hair and a mustache. And I'm like, it. what the hell is going on? Yeah, yeah. Your nipples turn 20 shades darker. Yeah. You don't even recognize yourself. And then you go through this process. And I had a C-section with both my children, but I was 46 hours in labor with my daughter. Oh, wow. Yeah. No epidural. 46 hours. And, yeah and i did it again after that like yes. come on give me a break yeah. <laughs> it was so funny because i was like never again and my doctor's like yeah famous last words mm-hmm. just sure enough i did it again a few years later mm-hmm. but you know after i had her i mean my body's cut open and i'm in pain and i just i didn't even recognize myself and the struggle of of embracing my body after that was really really difficult but i had to frame it like that like i literally just created life like i grew a person in me there could be nothing more beautiful or powerful than that. And this body now is not only a sexual, pleasurable being, but I'm a badass. I make milk. Like, yes. you know what I mean? I create life. Like, now my sexual energy is, like, through the roof because I feel just incredible. Yeah. Just physically, mentally, emotionally. Like, my heart is open in a million different places. I'm so proud of just my body for doing what it did, for going through what it went through and still bouncing back. And I... If anything, I had more sexual energy afterwards. Mm. Hence why the second baby came. (laughs) I love it. And and it's really, really hard, especially when you have that journey. You finally embrace your body and your sexuality. And then you go through motherhood. And it's a whole nother level of difficulty. Right. Because there are some women out here who will say, well, you didn't really give birth. Yes. Because you had a C-section. Pregnancy and birth shaming And I'm just like, (laughs) 46 hours of labor. You're not going to tell me Mm -hmm. I didn't give birth. (laughs) Yeah. That is bullshit. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had to do that to save her life and mine. Like, it's not something anyone would opt for. It's very, very painful. And nobody's place to comment on. And nobody's place to comment on. Absolutely. Um, But then you get that body shaming from a community that you thought was supposed to embrace you as one of their own. 
And it doesn't happen that way. And I was yeah. young. I was 21 when I had my daughter. So I have that shaming of, you know what you're doing? You didn't even finish college. You're not even married. And it's just like, why do I have to deal with all this shame from what you feel mm-hmm. is your inherent shame? I'm not your mirror. You're not going to deflect that on me. Not after everything I've been through to embrace my body and my sexuality. And I just, I don't understand that. But this is what the patriarchy society has put. We, they pit us against each other. Yep. So that we could just forever be down here. Yep. So they could always fill up here. And I just flat out refuse. Yeah, not about it. Me not, either. not about it. And that that is, I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's all projections and it's people's own insecurities. And I think women and femmes are so stifled in being able to express their sexuality and sensuality. I mean, look, every time I, I post any photo that's like even, you know, in the tiniest bit expressing any kind of sensual power, or even if I'm just standing there quite frankly because people will sexualize my body yeah. um without fail women will come for me it's not anybody else it's right. always women always, and femmes will always. come for me not even usually femmes because it's women yeah <laughs> who come for me um and want to shame me and right. i know that it's because they feel that shame themselves and yeah. it, it pushes me even fur- further to want to keep sharing and having these conversations because I mean, first of all, I'm only 25 and I hope to have many years of like learning and growing and just Absolutely. amazing experiences to have. But even in the last few years, the shift that I've experienced between the way I was experiencing my sex life to now has is just it's two completely different worlds. And I feel so strongly that so much positive change can come from people being able to experience the world that you and I are in now because there's just so much power there. I feel that sex is one of the most powerful spaces that we can share like with ourselves or with other people, the giving and receiving, the amount of trust, the foundation of what has to go into it is everything that power is. It's vulnerability, it's trust, it's communication. And there's so much to learn, you know? About yourself, about your partner, about the world in general, when you just embrace just the different nuances of sexuality and what it means to you because everything looks different for everyone um you know dirty talk and you know when you get down to nitty-gritty anal play things like that like everything is different for everyone else and it's all about your comfort level but so long as you don't project your insecurities onto other people and maybe take some time some introspection to examine that why do you feel weird about this why do you see a woman dressed however and your first inclination is i feel some type of way about this my grandmother always told me when you see something um your first thought is what you were conditioned to believe yeah your second thought is how you really feel about Smart it woman yeah and i always stuck that with me so you'll see someone you know i see someone on the street just kind of dressed in like bikini whatever and my first thought used to be like Ugh, girl put some clothes on and then i'm like why though yeah why should she put clothes on she looks great she obviously feels great go ahead girl actually i'm gonna go home right. put my bikini on <laughs> i'm gonna meet you there now i'm yes. inspired i yeah. love it and like That's you have to really, really stop and think about the things you were conditioned to believe about society, about other women and about yourself. And introspection is hard. A lot of people don't want to examine your own traumas, your own insecurities, your own issues, your own kind of conditioning, because nobody wants to believe that we're conditioned like all my friends who are straight. Right. I'm like, you know, are you straight by default or decision? Yeah. And they always look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, think about that for a second. Yeah. No, I'm. you've been conditioned since. Yep. You were a baby yep. you look at these going to a kid's clothing store and they'll say like ladies man on a three-year-old shirt mm-hmm. that's conditioning mm-hmm. blatant conditioning like how do yeah. you even know you even had an option mm-hmm. if option wasn't presented to you that's why visibility is so important yeah. that's why representation is so important if you don't see it how can you even picture yourself there you totally. can't totally yeah. no i mean it's it's so true if you've never seen it and no one tells you it takes a whole lot of work and self-awareness and courage to be able to find it yourself. And that's and it, really scary for some people. It, it's terrifying yeah. because it, it you then have to be the one to take some kind of action and make a change. And that's and responsibility. The scariest. Yeah, yeah, the responsibility. It's the scariest thing that you can decide that you're going to take on. Absolutely. You know? But also on the other side of that coin is like the most amazing life yeah. available freedom. to you. The work that like comes. Literal freedom of, yeah. of, of self yeah. Of self-awareness, of self-identity. Yeah. You know, the the ability to identify as who you are and what you feel like is the basis of your humanity totally. as a person. Totally. That's why, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate for the trans community. You cannot tell people who they are and what they feel like. The right to identify who you are as a human. How can you even deny anyone that? Um, And that bleeds out into everything. Yep. 
you know, you have to know who you are and what you're about in order to be your best self and do your best self. Like I couldn't be the mom I am or the worker I am. I work a lot with um, HIV positive people, LGBTQ youth. I couldn't be this person if I wasn't so self-aware and so for lack of a better phrase in love of who I am as a person, because I did that work and I also allowed love into my life because despite all my sexual trauma, I could have closed myself off, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful for that because allowing that love into my life has just allowed me to embrace who I am as a person and now try to help other people embrace themselves. If not just in a sexual sense, just in a general sense, just whoever you are, be, be that, that person. Be that, yeah. Be the best you can be at it and love the shit out of yourself so that you can love others too. I mean, and and there really is no better goal than that. For yeah. Me. And that, I mean, and that's why, you know, I, I see this innate difference in mindsets where some people feel like the better off I am, the better off I am. Right. And other people feel like the better off we all are, the better off we all are. Right. And I feel very strongly the second way. You obviously feel strongly yes. the second way. And I love what you said about being able to self-identify. All that it does when we try to strip people of their identities or not allow them to identify as they feel is suitable for them is just strip them of their power and strip them of their autonomy and make them have to work harder just to like be human. Right. And if you're constantly doing that, then all of these other amazing things are never going to become available to you because you're just trying to survive. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why listening and respecting and allowing people to live the lives while shame that they need to live as long as you're not hurting anybody else like that's not my that's not my problem right. like you live your life just don't be an asshole don't be an asshole because if you're an asshole i don't care what you got yeah, going like, on i'm gonna let you know don't you're be an a dick and yeah. you know treat other people kindly and as long as we're all doing that then like you can be whoever you want to yeah. be and why wouldn't i want that the only reason i wouldn't want that is if i couldn't be who i wanted to be right feeling and threatened so, by it exactly yeah. so like I really feel it's so interesting. It's like the hierarchy of power. It's like the people with the most power need the most liberation in some sense because yeah. they need to self-liberate yes. so that they can allow other people the to do the same. The power is an illusion. The exactly. power is a facade. Exactly. The power is your mask. Yeah. And until you strip that off, you're not truly powerful. Yeah. If you're always hiding, how are you truly powerful? Mm-hmm. How are you truly trying to teach anyone anything if you don't even know yourself? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So what's your, so what's sex like for you now? Like what's what's your so sitch good. and your marriage? And you mentioned you have an open marriage. I would love to hear yes. about that and how that works for y'all. And did you start that way or did no, you decide on that later? No, definitely didn't. Um, yeah. You know, we were we were very young when we got together. And um, actually, my daughter is not biologically his. We actually met when I was pregnant with her. We were friends. Um, and her father, you know, got up and abandoned me and never seen him again. It's been thirteen years this year. Um, and we were friends we got together and I was definitely more experienced than him and still I am because you know <laughs> we never really jumped our numbers up until recently mm-hmm. but we started learning a lot more sexually together um I remember he, he was big into porn and I was always fine with it until like I think after I had my son you know it was one night that I was just exhausted from waking up every night every couple hours and feeding him and I caught him watching porn in the living room and I wasn't mad that he was watching porn I'm just mad like that's what you're doing instead of helping me with the kid but then I had to stop and be like what am I really upset about mm. that he's looking at other women I look at other women so we had a conversation about it. I'm like well let's watch it together I like girls I like porn. Like, yeah. let's. And that was kind of the beginning of let's not hide who we are sexually, even though we obviously were having sex and we were co- thinking we were having this great sex. And we were, but we weren't being completely open with each other and communicative about it. Um, so once that happened, you know, that kind of opened up some some conversations. And then we watched a movie a few years ago. I was always kind of polyamorous to a degree, mm-hmm. even, you know, when I was dating women. When he met me, actually, I was dating two guys and two girls. At the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and he would come over to my house, smoke a joint, whatever. And I'd be like, all right, you guys got to be out in 20 minutes because I have someone coming over. They're like, didn't you have someone over yesterday? I'm like, yeah. And I'm probably going to have someone else over tomorrow. No, I love it. So he's like, <laughs> I always just look. He always saw me as like this just incredible divine sexual human. And he was very intimidated by me at first. But then he got to know me. And he's like, oh, you're not intimidating. You're just a little more out there than most women, but he mm-hmm. loved that. And he's and we're very opposite. He's very shy and quiet and reserved until you get him Same. a little drunk or a little high and then he won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, he's very, very quiet and I'm very outgoing and loud and yeah. um 
I think I, I was everything he wasn't and it intrigued him. And he was just like, you know, despite what anyone thinks of her, despite if people think she's promiscuous, whatever, I want her. I'm going for it. Um, so throughout the years, we had co- little conversations here and there. And I'm like, you know, I always wanted to watch him with a woman. And he's like, oh, my God, you're crazy, whatever. And I was like, no, but really, I really <laughs> want to do it. And, and he knew at some point he was like, you know, I know you gave up that lifestyle for me. Like, I know you were used to multiple people and you kind of gave all that up for me. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't go into it saying I'm giving up this lifestyle for him. I just found this person who at the time fulfilled all my needs emotionally and physically. And I just didn't feel the need to go out and get that. But I always had that desire because I like people and I like connections with people. And I don't feel that it's wrong to explore those connections, even if that happens sexually. That's just always how I've been. Like, I don't just look at people like, damn, I want to fuck them. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, they're cute. And then you talk to them like, oh, they're cool, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I, kind of want to. Yeah, Yeah. I kind of want to see what what that's going to be like. So it's always been my frame of mind. And um, we saw a movie a few years ago. I think it was. Made in 2014, five to seven, if you ever get a chance. Um, Anton Yelkin, mm-hmm. rest in peace. He played um, in Star Trek. Okay. You okay. ever look up to it? Yeah, yeah. So it's a, a movie about he's 25, he meets this French woman who's 34, and she's in an open marriage, and he gets involved in this relationship, but they can only meet between the hours of five to seven every day. And it's apparently what the French do. And, you know, you see this movie, you see this relationship develop, and it's like, you know, he started to understand that having open relationship is not just about sex it's about the connection with other people and he's like i totally get it because i'm the kind of person if i'm at a bar i'll go outside and smoke a cigarette whoever's out there we're having a 30 minute conversation yeah. about life about everything i've always been that kind of person that just connects with people and embraces mm-hmm. people and he's like i get it now it's about connection with you and he's like you know i wish that could be me he's just a little more reserved and mm-hmm. more closed off and not for any particular reason and that's just his personality he's just very Low energy. I only sure. got a little bit of patience to give to everybody, and mm-hmm. most of it's to my kids. Yeah, the sure. rest of it's to you, and, and that's it. Just, it's not for and that's just yeah. who he is. Um, and we really started exploring, you know, what would an open relationship look like? And it really started off with, you know, I'm like, well, I kind of snatched you up really early. He was 21. I was 22. We've been together ever since. I was like, you know, I feel like I kind of grabbed him right before he got an opportunity to explore his sexuality and be with a lot of other people. I was like, so, you know, I wouldn't mind if you had another girlfriend or someone else on the side. And he's like, all right, cool. So it started off as that conversation for a while until this past fall when I met someone, not necessarily someone new in my life, but someone who I hadn't seen in that light before. Mm. Um and being in this open relationship and knowing I had permission, I went and explored that. And that kind of shifted the dynamic where he was like, you know, I thought it was all about me, but actually it was all about us. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it was something, you know, you had to get over a little bit. because. And here's the thing about open relationships. They're no easier than monogamous relationships. Yep. You have to do the unpacking of the emotions. You have to embrace the jealousy and commitment fears those those things come up and we definitely had to do some work and you know I did come to him and say you know I did see this person and we kind of made out and I'm kind of interested and initially he vetoed Mm -hmm. and I was like did we talk about veto powers though like I don't Ah. know about that he's like I'm just saying I don't think it's a good idea because Mm -hmm. of a b c and d Mm -hmm. I'm like okay I still went ahead and did it so the problem wasn't that I slept with someone else is that when I told you not to you did so now we have a communication issue. Now we have a, I don't feel uh-huh. that you're respecting. I don't feel like right, you're listening right. issue. And it was actually things that were happening in our relationship prior mm-hmm. that we hadn't really, really addressed. But now it was in our face and we had to. Right. Um, but once we got over those initial kind of jealousy and kind of shock feelings, you know, first person I had been within 12 years, you know, him sure. actually sharing me for the first time in 12 years. Once we got over that, it was kind of like, all right. So now the ball is rolling on this. Now it's not speculation anymore. Now it's yeah. not just talking about it. Um, and he's had another partner since. And we've had a partner together since. Um, and yeah, it's it's and it's funny because it, it brought it broke us down to the point that we really needed to sit there and examine also just because of other things that were going on, if we were even going to continue to be together, let alone continue to be in an open relationship. But you have to break down the breakthrough. And I think once we got past that, we realized the unconditional love we have for each other. And when I tell you we cannot get enough of each other, it's crazy. Just never in my life have I ever been this comfortable with anyone else, but even in my own relationship, like unlocking an entirely other level of 
embracing each other for who we are and loving each other and enjoying each other's bodies and just making sure that we, no matter if we're having other partners or not, consistently recommit to each other, to each other's pleasure, to each other's confidence, to each other's love, and to just each other in general. Um, and it's been beautiful and it's great and yes, yeah, fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that because it's, again, funny and I'm not surprised because I can tell that you and I have similar personalities. Yeah. So my boyfriend sounds a lot like your husband yeah. and he's kind of the shy one and I'm kind of very outgoing and I was the more sexually adventurous and experienced one and he not so much and um, the same thing, immediate intimidation from the sexuality and... Um, but it's evolved to the point, well, first, where now I feel the same that you did, where he's meeting my needs. And so I'm not in a place where I'm looking not to be monogamous right. with him. But I don't know that that won't change down the road. And this is something that a point that I want to make and that I love that you went from a closed marriage to an open marriage and were able to communicate and recognize that people change and that yeah. circumstances change. Your wants and needs change. Yeah. And you ha they're fluid and they have to be able to be fluid and be met. And it takes communication and trust and respect. And, and it's not that, you know, it's not. I think there's also a misconception that in open relationships that everyone's just like above jealousy and yeah, like above all. all and not at all. Not like, at all. of course, jealousy comes up, but you talk about it. And yeah. the thing that I find interesting is sometimes you bring it up and as soon as you've expressed it, it's it goes away. Yeah. Sometimes it's just something that kind of exists in your head. And once your partner says, no, this isn't even I don't unconfirmed, you know what I yeah. mean? Then all of a sudden it goes away. And so I also love that because it opens uncharted territory, it brings the um, the space and the possibility for even more intimacy and even more connection, not just with your partner, but potentially with other people who you're going to connect with. And that's so cool. Yeah. And I feel the same way where it's like I I definitely identify as demisexual. Like I'm never, I, I'm not the type to look at someone yeah. and be like, I really want to fuck them. And that's enough. Yeah. Like that's definitely not enough. I need to have that connection. And yeah. so I feel the same where it's about that. It's about the beauty of being able to have varied and unique experiences with different people and yeah. just different connections at different times in your life. You know, I just think it's such a beautiful thing. And just something I wish people could stay open to just yeah. that things change and that, you know, even the way we're used to talking about sex and relationships, mm. like are all the ways that we're taught to talk about them. Yeah. And they're just they're It's endless. Yeah. You know, it's endlessly dynamic. And it just doesn't fit into any of these boxes. Right. And toxic monogamy culture is so rampant. Yeah. I mean, the idea that like this one person has to fulfill all of your needs. And if they don't, then something is wrong with them. I mean, that jealousy is an indicator of love. And these are things I tell my daughter, mm. like certain baseline things, respect at all ends, beginnings, points, respect. Without that, you have nothing. Yeah. You see a red flag, you run. But this toxic monogamy culture that we think like this one person has to fulfill all your needs. Jealousy is this indicator of love. You can't have relationships with other people outside of your relationship. I mean, what the hell is Why that? Not? Yeah. Why, not? Why not? What is so threatening about that? And again, introspection. Think about why you feel that way. Why why you think, you know, this person belongs to you, that there's your that they're your property. And I, you know, like I love people like, oh, they he completes me. My he never completed me. I never needed him to. Yeah. I never needed him to complete me. What I needed him to do was accept me completely. Yeah. That's what he did. That's why we're here. That's why we're in this relationship because we accept each other completely. Yeah. And it has very little to do with sexuality, just as a human. Accept me for who I am, for the things I feel. Maybe you don't agree with them, but that doesn't mean my feelings aren't valid. And that doesn't mean that I can't have these other experiences with other people. Yeah. Um, and that he can't either, you know. And I, I tell him all the time, there's just something new, right? We all know the butterflies in the beginning of any kind of courtship relationship. That's something you and I aren't going to have. Yeah. Because we're 12 years in. Yeah. <laughs> there are no more butterflies. The honeymoon's been over. Yeah, yeah. What we have is totally transcendent and beautiful and different, but it's not that. Yeah. And wanting that, there's nothing wrong there's nothing with wanting wrong with that. that. Yes. Nothing wrong with wanting that. Thank you. And take it and embrace it. Be safe. Mm -hmm. and be smart other than that have fun yeah just just enjoy it we are at the very core of us sexual beings before we're parents before we're husband and wife before we're whoever we are in our careers humans sexual humans who were always very sexual people but felt shamed about it he felt very shamed about his porn habit like 
he, he was very, very ashamed. That's why he didn't want to share it with me. Mm. Because, you know, it actually became a joke in our group, too. Oh, Danny knows what, you know, girl is at what strip club and what day. And, like, you want to see a porn collection? Go to Danny's house. Like, it became, like, this joke, kind of. Yeah. And you could see it in his face sometimes. He's like, it's not a fucking joke, though. Like, that's, that's not funny. Yeah. But I didn't see it as that. I'm just like, oh, well, he's sexually aware and I like that. You know, maybe I can learn some stuff from him. And I did. Yeah. And mostly just about, like... The way he appreciates my body and the way he makes me appreciate my body is just amazing. Just, mm-hmm. you know, he just makes it a point all the time. Like, you know, he loves to talk about how soft I am and how good I smell. And like our dirty talk is really, really dirty and gets a lot dirtier than that. Yes. But like it's like <laughs> the beginning of it. Um, you see the bags under my eyes. He actually kept me up all night. Oh, she was busy. <laughs> I was very busy. Love it. <laughs> but um, he's he's been a very big catalyst of, you know, allowing me to embrace my body post motherhood. And, you know, even though I was confident before, when you have that kind of love and you're willing to accept that kind of love, it really is transcendent and it's life-changing and even if lord forbid something happens that we don't make it i would still take that with me forever for him validating me as a sexual human and he was actually one of the first people or actually the first person i ever told about all my sexual trauma yeah so you know i kind of laid myself there bare and he helped me pick up the pieces and helped me to embrace my sexuality in spite of not because of and it's just been the most amazing journey and yeah we're having pretty mind-blowing sex all the time like i'm starting a new job soon i've been unemployed for six months so it's been me and him all day every day for six months Mm -hmm. and he's just like god i miss you so much already like i don't know what i'm gonna do without you and i'm just like me too i just want to stay home and i know smoke joints and make love to you all day (laughs) while the kids are at school and then we'll you know we'll be responsible for the hours of 4 p.m to 8 a.m the next day um but yeah, he's he's just amazing, and I just I I wish this for everyone yeah. to embrace not only your sexuality but your just your personhood, your your mm-hmm. humanhood, um, especially as big girls. I was just gonna say, especially, especially as fat women. Girls. I literally especially been here girls, like, like fat women deserve pleasure and like awesome. And connections we have and... sex, not only yes. just sex, a lot of sex, a good fucking sex, great sex, and I. Banging. <laughs> but the horrible thing is I ha- always have to be careful about being fetishized. Yeah, I know. And it was it's something a, I was willing to accept when I was it's younger. It's such a fine line. It was something I was willing to accept when I was younger. Like, oh, I'm the exception. I yeah. don't really date fat girls, but you're cute. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, well, this fat girl gonna rock your world. And I thought yeah, it was oh, cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was cute. Then I was like, no, no, that's not fucking cute. Mm-hmm. You come up to me and say, oh, I don't really like fat girls, but I like you. you okay. Off. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Like, oh, I really, but I'm like, okay, today's not your fucking day either, buddy. Like, no, yep. I, yep. I, I was willing to accept when I was younger, again, because I hadn't embraced who I was and what I was about. And I was willing to let people minimize me down to whatever they felt I needed to be for their pleasure. Yep. I cut that shit off pretty early on. And even now that we're in this open relationship, you know, I have to be careful. If I hear those little red flags... And again, I'm at the intersection of a couple things. Bisexual, really pansexual, Latina, you know, big girl. Like, there's a couple of different levels of fetishes in there that I'm like, no. If you come like, oh, I've never been with a Puerto Rican before. Yep, yep. Not today either, motherfucker. Like, yep, yep, <laughs> no, not today, not me. Don't minimize <laughs> me down to these boxes. Uh, yeah. If you find me attractive, say you fucking find me attractive. Yeah. yeah. Which is, again, why it's about the connection. Like, don't right. have sex with me because I'm fat. Have sex with me because you like we're going to share a connection and right. you like me and we like each other. Right. Like, you can like that I'm soft. And it's so hard because I feel like as fat women, you do you get used to the fetish, fetishization yeah. and then you start, like, accepting it. And it also just becomes a part of your own yeah. rhetoric. Like it just becomes ingrained in your narrative that I'm like, the pretty big girl. You're the pretty big I'm girl. I'm the exception to the big girl. Exactly. Or like, oh, at least I'm built like this and not like that big yeah. girl. Yeah. And like, it's hard it's to terrible. unwind that. It and there's really, a fine really line is. because it's like, you know, like even when I'm with my boyfriend and he's like, he's the same thing. He loves that I'm soft and like he loves that I'm wavy and like he loves all of that. But even it still creeps into my head yeah. where I'm reminded of how strongly I've been fetishized in yeah. my life where I'm just like, it makes it that much harder as a fat woman to just like be in my body and yeah. just exist and be able to let my partner love and appreciate that about right. me without me having a fucking complex about it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's probably something we're going to be unpacking the rest of our lives. Forever. And, it, it, and it's horrible because it pits you against other fat women when you're already yeah. pitted against all other all women, women in general. Yeah, yeah. It, it's too fucking much. Yeah. It is too fucking much. And I definitely, you know, decided, like, listen, and I go up and down my weight. I'll have spells where I'm six months in the gym twice a day because it feels good and it mm-hmm. helps my mental health. Not necessarily because I lose weight, but you, I do notice the increase in attention when yeah. I'm a little slimmer. 
and then I'll go back up and wait. And like, you know, it's it's hard to exist in this body that yeah. no one wants to tell me is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I have to know that for myself. And, you know, you have to have a partner or partners. And this is why I always tell my daughter about respect. You have to have people who respect your journey and how you feel about yourself and respect the work that it takes for you to love and you to embrace their love. And people are willing to understand that people minimize sex to, to, to nothing, to orgasms, to notches on belts, to, you know, conquests, collecting people and collecting, collecting people, orgasms. collecting names, yeah. like a blur of bullshit. Like, yeah. tell me how many real connections you've had. Yeah. And you can't, you yeah. can't. So yeah. most people cannot really tell me like, when was the last time you transcended so that true. orgasm? Yeah. It's so true. And sometimes it's fine. I mean, and sometimes it's like, okay, you just need that. You need that. Oh, yeah, wet bam is fine. But generally, spe- and it's so funny because, again, like, I, that was me until I had this, like, I went through this liberation and I was like, it's all about the connection. And there's, I, I deserve to have this transcending experience yeah. every time that I have sex. Like, yeah. when that dawned on me, everything changed. Yeah. But before that, like, it was notches on a belt. It was people whose names I can't remember, like, yeah. times I can't remember at all because the connection wasn't even there like i can't even remember that or we i had, had to sex. get so drunk and loaded in order to feign and fake yeah. that openness yeah that you know i've definitely woken yeah. up you know when i was younger more than once what the fuck happened what did i do yeah. where am i and why did i have to why did i feel the need to do that yeah and you know after a few times and i'm like no never again yeah. no, i'm not stifling my pleasure yeah so you know and you know and the other thing is like there are people who will be amazing partners. There are people who you will have amazing connections with. There are people who will give you amazing pleasure and who you can share and receive that with. And right. so why why have anything less when that's available? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. But people need to believe it. And that's why you I'm just like, yes. as marginalized as anybody can get, like fat or whatever, all the notches on the belt of yeah. ways that people like aren't ready for you to exist in the world. Like yeah. we're all deserving of these connections of intimacy, of experiencing our sexuality, yes. of giving and receiving pleasure, like yes. all of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I always say my pleasure's at the forefront. Like I said, I, I told my daughter and I'm going to have to tell her again because I know it went overhead, but you don't lay there and just take it. You don't lay there and just be yeah a, a thing for some man just for receiving learn yeah. your body learn what you like learn to vocalize what you like because i think ultimately as a woman as a fat woman my pleasure is my rebellion yeah like totally this is how i'm going to rebel against this bullshit patriarchal society that tells yeah. me i'm only here to spit out babies and take men's and be on a diet <laughs> and be on a diet <laughs> Yeah. No, fuck that. I'm going to be a fat girl. Taking up space. Busted open. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll tear your ass up. <laughs> I'm going to get my nut <laughs> at least once or twice. Yes. And you're going to love me for it. I love and, it. And that's that's how I rebel against this bullshit society. Is yeah. that I'm, I'm not going to feel the need to change who I am yeah. or, change, or minimize myself in any way, shape, or form. Because, no, fuck all that. Yeah. Fuck all that. I Especially mean, the older I get. Now that I'm in my 30s. Mm. It definitely was a shift once I got a little bit older. Um, yeah. I mean, I admire the hell out of you and Cheyenne. Like, you guys in your early 20s have gotten this, and it took me all this time. But it took this movement of people like you guys. You yeah. know, if I had this 10 years ago, who even knows? Who knows? Yeah, that's how I feel. But, you know, I'm glad that we have it now. Because yeah. I'm still young. I'm still spring chicken. Don't look, you know, don't look at the gray hairs. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but definitely once I turned 30, and, it, and it's true, I think once you kind of transcend that that little age there because you think you're supposed to have abc and dumb by by 30 you're supposed to be married and kids and career and blah 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 yeah. and then when you don't have that now yeah. what yeah now what but you also have gone through so many years of hating your body that you kind of just let the shit go yeah you know everybody I've, has their time everybody know? has their time for yeah. sure and I'm, I'm yeah definitely more in it now than i was but it was a gradual process yeah and now i feel like i'm if not at the peak pretty damn close to it yeah of just happy as hell with who i am what i'm about what i like what i love who i love and yeah i'm just so fucking excited for just life and love and pleasure especially you know with this open relationship we're having i mean it's just and, but just being open with each other even if we never have any other partners it's nice to have the option a and it's nice to just know that I can express those feelings. Yeah. Like we'll be watching TV and 
He's just like, she's beautiful. I'm like, yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, he's so to have that kind and of he's openness. Like, All right, that's the time. That's cool. Person. Like, yeah, we're very, very open about, you know, this is what I like and this is what I like. And that's kind of cool. We could try that. Like, we're, we're really, really communication is definitely everything. Yeah. But you also just have to learn your partner's communicative type, you know, especially when it comes to dirty talk. Like, mm-hmm. I know people are a little weird about dirty talk. I'm like, you know, try yeah. a little bit of everything. Yeah. Try it a little shy at first and they sing some real nasty shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, my man likes the real nasty shit. Yeah. Um, and it's especially, like, with just being in our bodies. And it's so funny to me how, like, big girls will still want to hide their bodies during sex. Honey, he knew you were big when he saw you, mm-hmm. when he approached you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the first time you got kissed and the first time, like, he, he knew you were big. Yeah. He knows you're big. He knows what you look so like. So now you're in bed and you're trying to cover up. Like, he doesn't know yeah. how you feel and how you look already. Like, you already got to this point. First of yeah. all, he should feel lucky as hell that he's got you there. Embrace that. Yeah. Let him touch you. Let him yeah. see you. You know, touch yourself. Like, be in the moment, you know? Um Love your body for not only what it is, but what it does. It is the vessel from which you live this life. Totally. You spread love. You take care of your job and your family. Like, this is who you are in essence. Fucking love that shit. Like, yeah. Because why would you hide in your own body? It's the, it's the one place you can't run from. Totally. You can run and hide from anything else in the world, but you cannot run from you. You. Yeah. Literally. Yep. So I just, I, I wish that for all big girls to just love and embrace yourselves for the beautiful, badass bitch you are. Yes. And put it down on his ass. Sit on his uh, face. Sit on his face. Ride the shit out of him. He sit, can take it. Wait, literally, just the end of the pot is sit on his face. Just, just sit on his fucking face. He'll be fine. <laughs> I love it. He'll be fine. No, I love He's it. He's not going to die. This has been amazing. It's it's so <laughs> great to hear from you in person and just. Yes, I'm because, so happy. Because, gosh, if this is us, then this is so many people. You yes, know? And for this, sure. I just hope that people will listen to this and feel that bit of empowerment because God, I know how I feel after I've had amazing sex. I could do anything. Yes. I like, could take on the whole I damn world. I am literally like gl- floating. Floating. I'm, <laughs> I'm floating, floating and I am like the epitome of my power. It's that rebellion. Yeah. It's me walking out into society and society looking at a fat person like me and having all of their prejudices and all yes. of their assumptions and the ways that they want to limit me but still knowing that yeah. I can still live to the highest fulfillment yes. and achieve my pleasures and my dreams and my passions and yes. all of these things and every opportunity that you have to tap into that like Absolutely. tap into that shit that's your yes, power that's like your i walk out feeling like i'm yeah. gonna do this shit i oh, own this shit some good sex. listen i was driving this whole way down here like man i had a good night this is gonna, yeah. be, this is gonna be a real good conversation <laughs> like i feel fucking great right now yeah and you know what i'm gonna go home and get do another round in no love <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> it's amazing no i love it it's been yeah. great to meet you thank it's you so, so, good to meet so you. much thank for you so coming much for to having me and Um, I hope I see you again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Thanks. Thank you. Hi, friends. Dana here. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Deep Dive. If you want more radical truth, make sure you subscribe. You can also keep up with me across social media at Dana Falsetti or visit my website, DanaFalsetti.com to find workshops, speaking engagements, or take an online class. See you next time.